Welcome to the Monday edition of the Lakeland Sports Guys. Tom Carroll, Chris Cox, got the coach Dan Spivey. Glad to have you along with us on this Monday, February the uh, 19th. And all kinds of excitement happened this past weekend. College baseball got underway, so we got Gamecock and Tiger baseball to talk about. Uh, we got some high school baseball we'll bring mention of as well. Some big games that took place yesterday and taking place today over at Dolney Field. Uh, Fort Lander uh, hosting some of the high schools over there. So we'll dive into those just a little bit. And we got basketball all over the place, not only at the college level, but also the high school level playoffs going on. And we got four teams remaining, guys. Four teams remaining in the uh, playoffs, uh, two in the Skiza and two in the uh, South Carolina High School League right now. So glad that's, to have you with us. That's still pretty good to have four like on the team left. So. Oh, we got some wrestling. Lander wrapped oh, up yes. another. Mm-hmm conference championship yep man we've got individual conference championships that'll happen this week um there are a lot of qualifiers that happen over the weekend and a lot of teams getting everybody to go to the championship games coming up i believe they start wednesday if i'm not mistaken so it'll be a busy week of wrestling up there at the anderson civic center another coach of the year or coach of, the, of this year and hopefully you can bring the big one back with him too so Good year wrestling, man. I'm telling you, Lakeland's saying we Lakeland's wrestling's as good as it's been football for the last couple of years. It's fun. We, we, let's start with Lander because when you look at what they have been able to do, this is the third time that third time in a row, consecutive time in a row that they have come away with the Peach Bell Conference Championship to go along with it, and they've been ranked nationally all three years. And I think they're sitting at number two right now nationally, if I'm not mistaken. I'd have, we'd have to look that up, but I think they are. Now. I think they're number two nationally, and now they're. The conference champion, so um, you know, big things going over there. Of course, from everything we've heard, that's it's a jungle over there when they wrestle. <laughs> they, they get loud and proud in that place. So it's they, fun. It's fun to watch uh, everything that does go on in the wrestling mats. Of course, they got their own building over there now, which is you know the old uh, wellness center. I guess you would say that was there. They filled in the pool, put a couple of wrestling mats over the top of it. And it, uh, I mean, no better place to go and wrestle along with the stands that are like right up on the mats. So good thing. But yeah, they're number two captured the third consecutive, uh, in a row. Uh, they took down Dewberry 33 to 10 this past Sunday. Um, and won six straight bouts to open up the championship match in a 29-9 win over the six-ranked Braves of UNC Pembroke to do it as well uh, in that one. So, you know, two big wins in the semifinals and also in the championship uh, game to go along with it. But you know, look at uh, Zeth Brower at the 149 weight class. Uh, big takedown for him. Uh, ended up holding off a fifth-ranked Jake um, uh, Paselli with a 4-3 decision that was there. And then you got the, the big gun, David Hunsberger, who just kind of, you know, does everything <laughs> <laughs> over there. But he had a 5-2 decision to go along with it in the championship match. The other one was Elijah Lusk. He got a reversal and also a stoppage in, uh, in, for an injury timeout, was able to secure the escape um, from the down position to give him a 3 nothing decision on that one at the 133 weight class. So. Everybody representing, man. That's what they it's are. about this time of year. They are. But to have you know two matches in a row, one on Saturday one on Sunday, to go ahead and, and, and secure the win, that's huge for these guys. And what does it say for the, the you know recruiting cycle now that he got to go on and say, hey, look, <laughs> we need this trend to continue. We need you to come in. He can look here at the Lakelands as well as go anywhere he wants. And I think that's kind of where it may have started at with Lander becoming as, as successful as they have in a – you know, a short period of time, they've really kind of not put pressure on the high schools around here to do anything, but 
the high schools want to do something because they do have Lander to represent or to help play for in the area. So, and I'm I'm curious. I I need to go. Let me check this real quick and just find out. Uh, uh, were there any records set this year that you know of? I don't. Know. That's a good question. <laughs> I'm gonna go uh, back. I would say it is, back. Tom, because what did Brower do last year? Um, Brower was an NCAA champion in 22. So okay, so he was there for that one. Um, trying to look to see, we got uh, Coach of the Year. Coach Lehay got Coach of the Year this year um, in the SAC conference. Um, Region Two Co Super Coach of the Year, Region Two Super Coach of the Year, Logan Hall as well, or Wrestler of the Year. Logan Hall got it this year. Okay, that's okay. That's different. So yeah, um, Open Mat Freshman of the Year this year was David Huntsberger. Yep. Um, he yeah he got Rookie of the Year as well as the NWCA. Uh, Division Two Scholar All Americans. Zeth is on that list. Caleb Cox. Bryson Ethington, you got Logan Hall, James Joplin, Randy Meyer, and Jack Tanger. All with All-American honors this year as well. So, Bearcats continue to roll. <laughs> Record book continues to add up. <laughs> it's setting something new every single time they end up taking the mat, it seems. That's a testament to your coaching that you got all up there and everything going on at, at, at Lander, man. Yep. So, we wish them the best of luck, uh, you know, as they get now ready for – Region play. Um, you know, they go into the NCAAs now. We'll see where they end up with all that. That's going to be fun to watch. And like Stan says, they, they're looking for that one number one. They're number two. They're looking for that one. They're keeping their eyes open. <laughs> and they're going to win this time. Yep. And hopefully on Thursday we'll have a, and know a little bit more about some of the other wrestlers uh, high school-wise here and around the Lakelands as they prepare to go up to Anderson and the Anderson Civic Center. They're doing for their individual wrestling honors. And we've got what fourteen at Emerald. We got eight over at, or excuse me, eight at Emerald. Fourteen at Greenwood. We got seven, I think, over at Dixie that are going. And ninety six is taking practically a whole team. So, no reason for people to be in Greenwood this yeah. weekend. They need to be yeah. at, take the bus up to Anderson <laughs> Civic Center. Pull these boys through. See where they end up. Um, all right. Well, while we're talking high school stuff, let's go ahead and make mention uh, basketball-wise. The playoffs are underway, and they are going. Had some tough matches that ended up taking place uh, over the weekend as well. Um, and some folks that did, did end up uh, moving on. I mean, the Greenwood girls, they suffered a loss. Um, Saluda girls suffered a loss. The Greenwood boys ended up losing as well. Uh, you know, South Point is the real deal for uh, the Greenwood girls going up there and, and, and taking them on. And, uh, you know, basically it was the pressure that got to them, from what I understand from the folks that were up there. Uh, South Point likes to put pressure on you and force you to bring the ball up the court. And they, would, and they trap you. And, yeah. and you better be ready for the trap, so. And that's a lot like Coach Patterson did at Lander for years and a very successful way of winning ball games at the women's level. Um, and then uh, Great Collegiate was taunting Abbeville all week, uh, <laughs> saying, come on, bring yourselves over here. Went over, I'm told it's a very nice gymnasium that they uh, ended up building over there. Abbeville, unfortunately, suffered a loss uh, in that one. Um 
didn't quite go the way that they were hoping it was going to go. Uh, so uh, Great Collegiate ends up moving on. Abbeville season comes to an end, but you know, fairly successful because they nobody had them going they, to the third round right, of the playoffs. Yeah. And this will be one of the last time you hear those two names with realignment and everything else. You know, with Gray moving up and Abbeville moving down, so you won't you won't hear them playing each other. That won't if you do if you do it'll be early in the year in some kind of a. Scrimmage, and I think in a way that's a shame. But I mean, you, you got to think about it. It's also be the same for Saluda, Strunk, Thurman. A lot of those teams in playoffs that Abbott was played. Um, so it's kind of the end of an era, so to speak. Yeah, but seventy nine forty three. You kind of hope you go out <laughs> a little bit better than that. Um, we may mention of the boys uh, they take on. They took on Catawba Ridge, ended up falling seventy eight to forty nine in this one. And believe it or not, uh, Brooks wasn't the leading scorer in this one. Um, you know, they decided that they were going to, you know, Catawba Ridge was going to shut down Brooks and not allow him to score, and I don't even think he reached double figures. He did, but guess who stepped up? CJ. Yeah. <laughs> Terrell had a big game <laughs> overall. Um, so Greenwood season comes to an end on the boys' side uh, to go along with that. Dixie, um, you heard Coach Roberts, what he had to say on Thursday. He said, I don't know if Dixie can hang with, with North. They're gonna, I mean, this is going to be a score fest if it doesn't. It was 70-69. to 69. North ends up uh, advancing and moving on on a less second shot that ended up uh, uh, getting the win for them and um you know i hate that for dixie to, to go out that way because that that one stings i mean if it's a blowout it doesn't sting near as much as it right. does with a one-point loss well you always felt like you know if i could have made one play somewhere that would have made a difference like the greenwood game the Abbeville game you know double digit losses i you know okay but those one pointers especially late last second and we know from the college games this week, we saw Clemson Carolina do the same thing, you know, <laughs> blow leads and get beat. And that's, and, and possibly the same thing may have happened with Dixie. But, you know, you hate it for their season to come to an end like that. But they made a good run, and they got nothing, you know. They went a lot further than a lot of other teams did, so hold your heads up high and go get ready for your baseball now. <laughs> I'm excited for Coach Greg because this is a young basketball team. They're, they're, I mean, they're going to be a lot more mature next year. And they're going to they're be a tr- struggle for a couple teams next year. So, like I said, but a good season. Yeah. Going in when you did the first interview with him, he didn't know what he had. <laughs> and he told you that. And yeah. For them to advance to what they did and to play the way they did, Coach Tiles, same thing. Um, both of those teams are pretty young. Uh, another team that did really well was McCormick Chiefs. Uh, they had to go, well, they stayed home, but Denmark Olar, who is a predominant 1A basketball powerhouse, ended up coming into the Chiefs' kingdom. And uh, for the most part, McCormick, you know, started off slow, but ends up winning this one 75 to 62. Um, you know, and whatever trouble McCormick had in the in that first quarter went away after that. I mean, it was like, uh, you know, they were jinxed or there was a lid on the basket or something was going on. But after that, it was all chieftain. Coach Pratt and those guys, Coach Brown, they, they're doing it. But how important has it been to have that one seed? Mm-hmm. Or are you playing in you're playing your house, man? Because, I mean, how many times have we seen McCormick go to Denmark or go to McBee or some of these and they don't even stand a chance? Now they're playing against it in their own house still. And, that's, and they that's got Christchurch coming in, uh, old-time nemesis. But <laughs> instead of having to go to Greenville, Christchurch has got to get on the bus and come to McCormick. Yeah. And that's uh, definitely going to be a big crowd in favor of McCormick. 
And I, and we've seen it and we've talked about it all year that home court does make an, it, it, there is an advantage to it. And you just got to, if your fans come out and act the right way, um, it, they can be that six man on the floor at all the time, at all times. And that's what we look for to happen with. I'd love to see McCormick just take down Christchurch. Of course, <laughs> again, just go lose back to what you said earlier. This will be the last time that this will happen for at least two years. Yep. Because Christchurch is moving up. And uh, a lot of those people down in one day are taking a big sigh really. Thank you. <laughs> now, now we can go play. You know, Abbeville. Uh, uh, yeah, now we get to play Abbeville. That but. is the consensus now, by the way. Everybody <laughs> yeah. is thinking that now. Yeah. Oh, we lose three private church schools, and now we pick up Abbeville. So, <laughs> but that's just that's one versus it three. Yeah. It is. So you yeah. you've got a better shot, and you know you've got a better shot of having them at home. You know, you even if you if you're in conference with them, you know you're going to be one home, one away. So. Even if if you can get the home team crowd there and get get behind the team, pull out that win at home. Even if you go to Abbeville and get beat, you still tied with them, mm-hmm. basically. And uh, so that's. Uh, I'm excited for new rivalries, yeah. and they're not rivalries. Abbeville and Dixie, you wouldn't call that necessarily a new rivalry. That's <laughs> no, this that's, is a new beginning of what's going on with realignment. That changes the dynamic on a lot of stuff in those two towns. So, and that's going to be fun to see. Yep. Then I'm curious to ask, see, uh, football-wise, how much that new weight room, does it, ins- does it draw any of the Abbeville folks over to Dixie to go to school? <laughs> you know what? You don't ever know about stuff like that, but things like that do happen, Tom. All right. Uh, in the girls' basketball, uh, Christchurch did beat McCormick. Um, so the guys this week looking for a little revenge Bench, in that regard. Yeah. Um, Saluda, uh, I mean, 65-44, they end up losing to Keenan, who is a perennial 2A powerhouse. Um, you know, Ben Wiley was on that team last year, wasn't she? Yep. Uh, and Joyce Westerman's on it this year. That'll be at Carolina. Next yeah, year. so, I mean, uh, you know, 65 to get 44 points on a, a good – defensive team like Keenan, your offense is rolling. They have been well coached for years and years. At one point in time, I think it was actually a grandmother and a grandson that took that team over. When the grandma retired, the grandson said, hey, I got you now. And uh, that's what they've done. Keenan's always been a tough team out of that area. Uh, when you look at the leading scorers for Saluda, um Let's see, you had uh, Tamaya Daniels. She ended up with nine points. Juana Powell had eight. Ty Stevenson had seven. Uh, in the fourth period alone, um, you know, Keenan put up 17 to to uh, eight against Saluda's girls, and that's that's just a, a bit of a struggle. Yeah, I mean. That's where, that's where the game was won for the most part for them. And then uh, looking at the Skiza League here in the Lakelands, uh, you know, Greenwood Christian boys, they advanced over the weekend. They're going to be taking on Hilton Head Christian at the Sumter Community uh, uh, Civic Center, and that will be at 6.30 tomorrow. The girls' semifinals for Cambridge, they advance 6 o'clock tomorrow at Wilson Hall Gym B is where they'll be, and they'll be taking on Christ Schools, who ended up beating – I'm not mistaken. I think they beat Lawrence. They did. Yeah. Lawrence Academy, yeah. yeah. To go along with that. So they get a second Lakelands team to have to go against. 
They got hey, they got another chance though, Tom. This was the team that started it last year. Yep. Coach Deason and her her girls are playing really good. But uh, you know, Lee Dahlberg had a huge night for Greenwood Christian. Um, Oklahoma had a big night. They had, you know they got that win Saturday over PD to go along with it. But uh, when you look at Scott, you know he just continues to you know as a freshman. Of all things, you got him for three more years after this, and there's another freshman that's in there uh, with Lee Dahlberg. That's, I mean, they're just dominating. I, you know, I guess I'm a little more like Greg Porter, and I, I like to admit to, but if I am Rush Greg or, or, or Coach Krug over at Emerald, do I not take a look at, at Oklahoma and say, "Hey, man, <laughs> <laughs> you, you're you're going to school right here. I mean, look what we can offer you." how much higher we can raise the bar. And he's probably going to say, nope. <laughs> so, but I mean, that's just, it goes to show you, man. I guess, you know, if you got a, a kid of that star talent player right there, I probably would look at him. I really would. I would say well, I wouldn't, but. You know, when you look at Scott, he had 25 points in that game. <laughs> Dahlberg had 20. The leading scorer was actually on PD's team, and, and uh, that was Richardson. He had 31 points, 21 of which came in the second half. But, um yeah, I mean, you're you're putting up, you know, between those three guys over sixty points. We've seen this kid play and practice a lot, and he never gets winded. Football goes all out, basketball all out. He doesn't ever seem to get tired, and that's what I mean. I, his his uh, cardio is just unbelievable. So keep <laughs> keep going, Oklahoma. Keep going. Let's see where they go, but they. Uh, they got a tough one. This a two-three matchup. Of course, Greenwood Christian is number three. They get the number two seed now in Hilton Head Christian at the uh, Sumter Civic Center, as we had made mention. Um, that'll take place tomorrow at six thirty in the three A ranks. So, best of luck to both those teams yep. or all those teams as they continue to march on. And hopefully, on Thursday we'll be able to make mention of all four of those teams well, again. Yeah, that day we'll be playing for a state championship game. We hope that'd be I'd be crazy. I mean, seriously. <laughs> and with that being said, um, I want to make mention too. We got a couple of baseball games uh, that are getting underway. A lot of scrimmages going on. Uh, you saw the lights on at both Emerald and Greenwood. If you were traveling any time over the weekend, to Friday and Saturday, to go along with it. Also, over at Donley Field yesterday, a couple of big games. You had the Hornets and the Tigers of Saluda. So, where Shoals and Saluda ended up playing at five o'clock, ninety-six, and Dixie ended up playing at seven thirty tonight. More of the same. If you want to go out and see some of these high school talents particularly with Greenwood and Emerald, where they are loaded right now and just all kinds of talent. Greenwood is going to be taking on Strom Thurmond, and Emerald gets Abbeville in the 730 matchup over at Donley Stadium, part of that Lander Complex over there. How cool is that for the kids that play at a, a complex like Donley as well? Well, and not only are you playing at Donley, you're playing quality competition. Mm-hmm. These are These are not, you know, playing little sister of the poor games at any of these games that are being played. I mean, these are quality teams. We talk about Greenwood and Emerald being loaded. Abbeville's going to be loaded. Dixie's going to be loaded. Strom Thurman's going to be. These these kids come out and play for these baseball coaches, and they've got some good coaches at those schools. So uh, it could be a very interesting night. Now, the weather's going to be a little cool, so the ball may be staying in the ballpark a little bit more. So we, you know, give it another month and we get into warmer weather and it could be a whole different ball game. 
Yeah, but like uh, uh, Tide Vine said, he said the infield it needs yeah. to be short. It's going to be short and fast, fast. over Dolan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that's may what see some you know, that, that's what a lot of these coaches are wanting now, and uh, <laughs> don't give the kids time to think about it. <laughs> the ball's coming at you quick. You just got to react, and that that comes from your practice. So let's let's see what they do. It's going to be interesting. All right, I'm looking forward to it. Um, so we'll follow along, see how they go. Of course, the season is going to be starting here in about a week or so. Yeah, got I a couple of March tournaments. First yeah. March to fourth, somewhere along in there. Yeah. So you got a few more tournaments to go yeah. to and things of that nature in order to kind of brush up on some stuff and get used to it before you head into that. I know my daughter. I was talking to her, and and um, is it this weekend? I think she said this coming, or it might have been this past weekend, down at the beach they had like 10 different tournaments going on. And most of those teams were coming from the great white north coming down just to play, you know, outdoors on a real field. So uh, it's, it's, it's definitely baseball season. All right. Well, we want to say uh, hello to good folks over at uh, – Howard's on Main. That is our home spot. We're usually over there every Monday and Thursday around 2.30 if you want to check us out. Uh, thanks to Howard Corley for allowing us to call that our home. And you can go by and see Clyde and the staff. Caroline will be out there. Um, all those folks do a fantastic job of uh, not only providing you some great food, but also a, a venue in, in order to go and, and uh, do things at. they got that whole room upstairs. Uh, if you're looking to cater, they provide that as well. And they got great music to go along with that. And if you want to find out more about Howard's on Main and what's going on, what the daily specials are, things of that nature. Uh, it's a real simple fix, Chris. All you got to do is go to Facebook. Yeah. Howard homepage, uh, and they do a good job keeping it updated. They give you your lunch specials, your prices. If it's extra for a pickle, it's got it on there. So don't argue when you get to the door. <laughs> and uh, their bands on during the week and, and weekends are just phenomenal. Yeah, so we'll have uh, on Thursday. We'll make mention of who the bands are that are coming up as they're going ahead and getting all that uh, squared away this week, and making sure that everything's there. But they usually have bands Thursday, Friday, and Saturday nights. Uh, sometimes Saturday during the day. So um, you know, keep an eye out on that Facebook page and keep my page because, like I said, I've already shared it today. He's playing this week there, so it's already out and posted. Carolina had it ready this morning. Oh, wow, she's she's ahead of where she usually is. That's right. <laughs> All right. Well, let's talk about the college aspects. Um, guys, where do you want to begin? Do you want to begin with uh, with baseball or basketball? Because uh, that seemed to be the highlight of both uh, everybody this weekend. The start of the NCAA baseball season got underway. A lot of the Division One, Division Two's already been underway for a couple of weeks now. But the the big guns in Division One ended up getting started. And both Carolina and Clemson ended up having big weekends. And let's start with with Carolina because they pitched what a no hitter on Sunday to go along with it use five pitchers to do so and uh, when you go back and you look um, you know at this game overall and how they did um, you know it, it, it was a dominant performance from Friday on um, you know I, I don't see, I didn't see really too much of a weakness of course you are going up against Miami of Ohio uh, who ended up throwing their best pitcher out on what Friday Friday night to go along with it, so. But this is this is what you see in in Division One ball, especially in the Southeast. Uh, we get teams coming out of the Ohio area, uh, you know, Massachusetts, Connecticut, 
all those schools coming down so they can get out and get on. A lot of them have been practicing indoors due to all the snow. They want to get out and under the blue skies and uh, yeah, we thinking fifty degrees is cool. They think you know they're out there sweating. You know, Summer to them. Yeah. So uh, and it it is a little bit different, but it's it's good to get. You're not playing each other. You know, you, it's not the ones versus the twos or whatever. It's there's some straight and it, and it counts. You know it. it it's a counting game now, guys. You know, both teams are at 3-0. and And uh, you made mention of the no-hitter. I think that's only the eighth one. And that goes back now. I don't, you know, the record books, they only go back so far. So, um, but, you know, anytime you get a no-hitter, it's – it I don't think it 90s, was a complete – I don't think it was a – it was a no-hitter, but I don't think it was a perfect game. Perfect game means yeah. no walks. Right, so right. I don't all. know. I think there may have been a walk or two in there. So, um, But even a no-hitter, uh, it's not just the five pitchers that they used. It's, it's everybody. You know, you had to make the routine plays. And, of course, this early in the season, there's no such thing as a routine <laughs> play because you're getting out for the first time. But uh, – it was a no-hitter for the first time since February 24th of 13, 2013. Yeah. Um, only the second in the 21st century that they've had. Yeah. <laughs> well, it gives your coaches like Coach Keenson and the rest of the guys a chance to see players that they hadn't had before, mm-hmm. uh, especially pitchers that come in the game that are freshmen, sophomore, to see what he can do on a bigger stage. And, I mean, yeah, it was Miami of Ohio, but, I mean, they're a college team too, and that's what Coach has to tell them. And just go out and do your best, play your best. And well, and this is the time of year you don't want to put your number one guy out there and leave him out there for nine innings or seven innings. You know, uh, it's all controlled chaos, yeah. let's just say. Uh, <laughs> okay, our starting pitcher, we're going to let him pitch three innings, and that's it. I don't care if he's got a no-no going. He's coming out because we're going to need that arm in May. Yeah, you got you know, like it don't mean that much. Or yeah, you want, you want to win here, but – we can win with him sitting on the bench icing that arm down. So <laughs> That's a good point, Sam. Good point. Yeah, 5-1 on Friday, 11-4 win on Saturday, and then Sunday's uh, shutout 14 nothing and seven days to go along with it. This week, tomorrow, they get Winthrop <laughs> 4 yeah. o'clock, and uh, after that, you've got a weekend with Belmont Abbey um, to go along with that. So uh, all those games will be on the South Carolina Network Plus if you want to catch those, but – but you have to remember that <laughs> that these are, you know, we're not. This is early in the year, oh, yeah. and ever just like you made mention of earlier, Tom, that Miami came out throwing their number one guy on Friday night. I mean, it's the first game of the season, and they're throwing number one. Uh oh, we got to get ready. Yeah. Well, I've seen Winter play enough to tell you you're going to see it tomorrow too, um, because when they play Clemson. The, usually the March first, they're they're ready for they're ready. So yeah. you're gonna see their their gun tomorrow, probably for sure. And all that yeah. moves down to Carolina. So you'll have first yeah. game at Carolina, then they move over to Segra Field, and then back up back to Kingston. Yeah. yeah, that's a neat field, by the way. Segra, whatever you want to call it, pretty neat. Firefly Stadium, yeah. I like to call it. All right, here's Mark Kingston. What he had to say uh, after the big uh, no hitter on Sunday, um, and of course, what he thought of the weekend overall. 
Yeah, well, I'd like to start by saying how great it was to have uh, Roman Kimball back out there after all of his long rehab, uh, his work with the athletic trainers and the doctors and pitching coach. Uh, just really great to see him out there and do well. Um, again, the crowd was great all weekend, including today. Really appreciate that uh, and all that support. So overall, it was a great day for us. Uh, you throw a no-hitter, you score 14 runs, play errorless baseball. Hard to ask for more than that. Uh, when did you realize that there was a, a no-hitter going on and, and you know what, what does it say about the guys that they were able to maintain their composure when several of them were making their first appearances here? Yeah, you know, Ty Good was great today. It was, it was his first outing as a Gamecock. Also for Pitzer, for Marlott, for Dean. I mean, that's, that's great to see. You want to have depth. Uh, and they showed that today, that today may have been our, our best outing uh, all weekend. Uh, so it's great to see. It's great to see. When did you know, know that? You know, I would say that's more of a fan and a media thing. During a game, you're just trying to figure out what the next move is. Uh, you look up there, and once it was getting, you know, we're stretching the lead, then and you start to notice something like that. But early in the game, really wasn't noticing it. And then as we got towards probably the sixth, when we had really stretched the lead, then you thought, okay, there's something interesting up there. Let's see if it happens. <laughs> so I like what Kingston had to say is, uh, and, and like most coaches, uh, you get involved with the game. You don't necessarily keep track of the little things little that fans things. do. But Tom, well, you got somebody that does, and it can be an assistant. It can be a grad assistant. Yeah, and he somebody and he knows him. what's going on in those games. Like <laughs> that's just like with with basketball. You but, have guys but you know <laughs> yourself, having played as much baseball as you played. <laughs> The superstitions that are around, around oh, yes. especially if you've never been part of a no-hitter or a complete <laughs> game, you don't realize it. And, you know, you've got pitchers that will sit three dugouts away from you. You've got players that won't even speak, won't even look at a pitcher if he's throwing a no-hitter. You know, it's, you know, don't step on the white line. That's what I was thinking to say, do you know? not. You know. uh, <laughs> Don't do anything, and they, this is the pitchers thinking, you know, my center fielder, you know, he takes five steps every time. Wait a minute, why would you take four? Take five. You know, uh, it's it's weird what some of these people <laughs> in baseball, some of the stuff they come up it's with. It's a weird game, I will, yeah. I will admit to that, yeah. Yeah. All right, so Gamecocks, um, they have a tough matchup with Winthrop coming up. Winthrop, by the way, ended up going up to Rutgers this past weekend, ended up losing all three games, 5-14, to 1-3. to three. But yesterday, um, they took Rutgers into the 11th inning and ended up losing 6-7 to seven in that one. So, uh, and, you know, Winthrop's one of those teams, much like Presbyterian, that um, – you know, if you don't watch yeah. <laughs> and take them seriously, just, they can beat you. They can beat you. Now, I wonder if they were playing in a dome at, in Syracuse. Had to be, as cold as it was. They had Up to be. Up there in on. Rutgers? Yeah, they had to be playing indoors somewhere. Actually, they took place at Rock Hill. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Play it so okay. That might, that's my mistake. They were, okay. they were at Rock Hill. So Rutgers came down. I don't blame them for that. Yeah, I don't blame them for that, getting out of all that snow. Yeah, uh, and then Winthrop, by the way, they got Toledo uh, at home um, this coming weekend to go along with that. So we'll just keep an eye on those guys and see where they end up. But Winthrop uh, tomorrow night. 
down on the road traveling and, down to take and, on the game. And, and it'll be a little bit chillier. It depend well, I don't know exactly what time start time by it'll probably be six. They're gonna probably get started a little bit earlier why it is a little warm in there, but a little breezy. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, Carolina right now in the SEC East is tied for first, along with Kentucky and Georgia. There you go. <laughs> to go along with that. If you want to look at the West, uh, there's four teams in the West that are 3-0. and Auburn, LSU, Texas A&M, and Alabama. And I think you've got, what was it, nine or ten teams out of the SEC in the top 25. Yeah. So it's it's gonna be a dog. This being number one right now isn't what these coaches care about. They want to see that number one <laughs> ranking before they go into playing Hoover ball. So and that is a change for this year. It is. I mean, yeah, they're, they're doing that at Hoover for the uh, SEC conference this year. It's a one and done. So you <laughs> could come in as the number one seed, but you get beat. For, you don't get a second chance. It's one, and if you win, you move on. If you don't, not a double elimination. Not a double elimination anymore. So that's going to be interesting to see how some of these teams react to that and what kind of strategies involved in. Well, that's going that's to help as well getting ready to go into the NCAAs. Because then you're not coming off like you know two losses going into that. Yeah, that plus. If you get into that two-loss situation, you know, did you win two ball games and lose two? How many ball games have you played, mm-hmm. you know, compared to the guy that came in, lost two, went home for a week, and was able to rest and work and be ready to go for the regionals and all. So it's going to be interesting to see. All right. Well, let's talk about the Tigers uh, up there at Clemson. Uh, they did the same thing. They ended up uh, – they didn't have a no-hitter, but they ended up going ahead and sweeping, sweeping Xavier. Um, yesterday was a battle of threes. They scored in increments of three. <laughs> when you look at it, it, in the third inning, in the sixth inning, and, of course, in the uh, eighth inning to go along with all of that. But Xavier, um, you know, it, it's a good team. Uh, it really – I mean, they were a playoff team last yep. year. I was going to say they've been a playoff team last – Four or five years. Yeah, and they threw they threw their ace out on Friday as well mm-hmm. to go along with it. Uh, Clemson ended up with what two grand slams on Friday? I think it was. <laughs> I mean they they rocked him. They were waiting on the mm-hmm. fastball, and he had a ton of those that he ended up pitching. And um, you know, it, it, Blake Wright had a huge weekend to go along with it, hitting wise. Um, Cam. Yeah, I mean, Cam Manella, yeah, <laughs> was big. Uh, Will Taylor um, uh, had a couple of big plays in the outfield to go along with that. He's playing uh, uh, out there at center field right now, and he's the healthiest he's been. You know, he's not playing football, so he's not coming <laughs> in banged up for once. He's actually getting a chance to go ahead and, and, and playing feeling pretty good. And that's going to mean a lot. As Stan likes to allude to, coming down, to when you do start hitting SEC play, ACC play in, in that situation – you got to have your health, and you got to have your depth, and that's that's really what playing these games this time of year mean. You're building your depth lineup for to get you through the rest of the season, and knowing that you got a guy that you know what I don't have to play him every week or every weekend, but I'm gonna have him over here because I know what he can do when he gets there. Well, and this is what we're seeing from both ends, just like with the pitching staff. You'll see um, some guys go out and get two or three innings, and then you're gonna see those guys that go out and get one inning. And he might strike out the side, but you're not going back out. That's all I want to see. 
Mm-hmm. Well, I got three others over here I got to get in this game because I want to see what they can do today because we may need y'all tomorrow uh, or down the road. We we want to see. And this is where the, the freshmen and the incoming transfers, portal pickups, whatever, you haven't seen them with your team, so let's put them out there for an inning or two and see what they do. Yeah. It was interesting to see the pitchers because Barlow started on Friday, got – he got rocked pretty good in the first inning, but then he went four innings after that. Um, and there wasn't a pitcher all weekend that went more than four or five innings. Yeah, I was going to say, most of your starters aren't going to go with about four to five, yeah. and then they're going to be bringing in everybody else. But he was a sophomore, then you had a sophomore pitch on Saturday okay. and a freshman pitch on on Sunday to go along with it. And I'm looking at it going, I, I know we got some dynamite pitchers that are on there. Um, this can't be the starting lineup, but this might be early and just kind of a proving point to – Get them, get them as much playing time as you can now because they may be sitting on that bench and you may have to call for them to come in in that Clemson-North Carolina series or the Clemson-Virginia or the Clemson-NC State, Forest. Wake Forest. <laughs> you may have to bring one of these guys. And it's not that you don't trust them and that you don't think they can throw, but it's that surprise element that you might be able to throw out of Wake Forest. Oh, we got this freshman. Oh, yeah, he pitched back second game of the year, but he ain't pitched in a game since. But we're going we're gonna to throw him against you tonight. If he gets us two good innings, we're ahead. Exactly. You know, so he gets us three. Oh, we, we really smiling now. He gets mm-hmm. us four, uh, He gets us to the fifth inning. Oh, yeah. Pat him on the back and say, you done, brother. We got some we, – we're going to bring in the big guns now, and you win the ball game. The thing that's got me with, with Clemson baseball right now is the amount of folks that they have left on base in all three of those games. I think it was 18 that they left well, total. They, it's similar to what they did last year. Yeah. So, I mean, they had – it seemed and a, a lot like Carolina. They'll get a big hit. They'll hit the home run. But it's not – it's the, it's the just a one-run home run. You know, of course, now you got the two grand slams the other night, which that's very rare, and we all know that. But – you know, all of a sudden you got two people on base with no outs, and you can't even get a single, a CNI single to get, move them up a base, let alone try to score. Um, yeah, that's something that that Bakich I know is is looked at and is trying to improve on. So you know what that does to a coach, though, that makes him more aggressive at when 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 the they're play, rounding the bases. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When they are coming around the bases, you're gonna see some more guys that are gonna make a chance and try to get that extra run since we're leaving them. Play a little more small ball. You, you push it, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You push a little bit more in, and that even shows you what I. When you start playing small ball like we did back in the Tanner days, you find players. Mm-hmm. You find Whit Mirfields that can hit home runs, but he's a better bunner. I mean, you got a guy like you know even Justin Smoke was a great bunner. When you can play small ball, you can hit holes you need to hit, and that's one thing they're gonna do. I don't well, and, see I don't see many teams shutting these teams down. I think offensively, both teams are gonna have a big year. Yeah. And, and Clemson had the, the mindset last year to try to steal some bases. Yeah, uh, you know if we remember they they, and it's not taking a chance. They just felt like that their speed and their first step was was good enough that we can steal a base here and there. But it puts pressure on the defense. And anytime you put pressure on the defense, you got it raises the possibility of you scoring tremendously. And that's why you watch this time of year to see who your leadoff guy is going to be. 
Because if he's hitting right now, lead off, he's your lead off hitter. Well, Campanella's leading off. Yeah. Will Taylor's batting second in all three of these last games. So yeah, and that's probably what you're gonna see moving forward into the. Unless one of them gets in just a terrible slump, I mean, they I think they're gonna leave them there. You know, that hadn't happened yet. Yeah. So here's uh, Eric Bakovich, what he had to say in the post-game uh, press conference after the big win on Sunday. All right, I'm proud of our team. Sweeping is hard to do, and Xavier's got a good good club. They'll be in a regional this year like they were last year. They can really hit, very offensive. Um, so we knew we were going to get you know, their best bolt today, and there was no quit in them. They're well-coached, and... You know, a few lead changes and battle the battle back, and they've got a lot of threats in their lineup. So, for our guys to, uh, you know, to be able to put up 11 runs, but be able to do it from a deficit at times, multiple times throughout the day, was big. Drawing 11 walks was big, uh, and then just the the two strike hitting, the two out hitting, the applying pressure, forcing we were able to force some errors today just by being aggressive and making things happen. Um, you know, so I thought we had to we had to create a few things, and you know, we knew we would have to come out and earn it today. And I thought our guys did a good job of that. Um, you know, Matt Marshall, Rob Hughes really kind of settled the game down a little bit in the middle, and it was even still it was tough. But you know, days like today. Energy Sunday, go playing for a sweep, you're wearing the white hat, you need leadership on the field, and we got it from our captain and Blake Wright, scored three runs, knocked in three runs, you know, it was just kind of in the middle of all the action, and so it's just a good day, it's good, uh, good, good, tough, hard-earned sweep, and proud of our guys to finish the weekend off right. All right, so there you have... Uh... Eric Bakovich, the coach of the Clemson Tigers, what he had to say, mainly concerned. Uh, and he's a lot more laid back in this press conference than he has been in some of the others uh, to go along with it. But being in the opening series, I think he was happy with what he saw. You know, and I really was impressed with is who he scheduled. He didn't, you know, he could have easily gone up the street and got upstate or somebody like that. But he said, you know what? I want to play somebody that was in the regions last year that were in our region last year. And he said, it's a really good team. We know what we're going to get, and they're going to challenge us. And they did uh, for the most part. I mean, you know, you handle them pretty well, and, and that's great. I'm just waiting on – he's been here, what, two years now, three? This, this will be his two? second year, I think. At what it? point in time does he start interpreting y'all like the rest of us do around here? <laughs> Now, Eric, I know you're from Michigan, <laughs> but you got to get y'all and they in there sometime, Bo. You can't just continue to rely on those guys and, and that kind of thing. But I told you two years ago you had a great coach come in, and, and you're going to really – you're going to see how good this guy really is, Tom, I'm telling you. I'm looking forward to it. And um, it doesn't get much easier in midweek. They get Presbyterian coming in. Uh, 4 o'clock tomorrow is when it, ha it happens. Presbyterian, by the way, uh, ended up beating St. Petersburg four straight uh, over there in Clinton. They went 10-3 uh, on Friday. Saturday, a doubleheader. They went 16-6, 16-1, and 16-3 uh, on Sunday to go along with it. So a team that's putting up uh, sounds some Sounds like points. they got some bats. <laughs> <laughs> they awake, too. Yeah, yeah. So, There's another uh, team you got to worry about that can put the runs on the board. I, I didn't know that about PC. This and year. Carolina will face PC later oh, on yeah, as well. We so so we'll, we'll, get, we'll get a preview with the Tigers here early in, in midweek uh, to go along with all that. But, um, you know, I'm looking forward to it. You know, homestand continues 4 o'clock tomorrow uh, up there in Tigertown. 
Exciting times. Lots yep. of fun. Uh, take a look at the ACC standings as of right now. Um, you know, in the Atlantic, uh, Co- uh, Clemson uh, is tied with Notre Dame, uh, Wake Forest at 3-0. and Florida State's only 2-0. and um, Boston College 2-1, and 2-1 and for NC State. And Louisville is 0-2 to start the season wow. off, so not doing so well. In the coastal section, um, you got uh, just about everybody with the exception of Virginia Tech that's at 3-0. and That's Virginia, Pitt, North Carolina, Miami, Georgia Tech, and Duke. And that's who's who you need to just say. <laughs> I, it amazes me every year that Virginia has nothing. They come out of nothing with nowhere. They don't have any pitching. They don't have any hitters. And they probably already scored 27 runs <laughs> over the weekend. That's a team, I'm telling you. And Miami's doing the same thing to the old hurricane days. And, and you know, we always focus on the SEC over, over, over the ACC. But, I mean, year in, year out, they're going to be there too. That, that's another. It'll be a fun matchup when they do play each other. I mean, folks will pay attention to that, particularly when the regionals come oh, around. When the regions start, that's when it gets really fun. Yeah. You know, then you start keeping track of all that number stuff and what's going on here and there. Um, uh, let's turn it over to uh, uh, the round ball um, a little bit and what's going on there because we had some big games that ended up taking place. Uh, both Clemson and Carolina ended up losing. Uh, the lady women, we uh, were worried at halftime, but they ended up coming back and winning as well. So let's start with the ladies because, uh, you know, they took on Georgia. Georgia came out, was very aggressive to begin with. Um, they come away with a big halftime lead uh, of, what, eight points? It was seven at half, and they yes. went up eight early, but then the Carolina defense decided they – I guess somebody set the alarm clock off and they woke up and started playing, <laughs> but uh, erased that deficit and went on to yeah. win by double digits. So. Well, they, at one point it was a fourteen to two run. run. Yeah, and you know it's a testament, I guess, and we've said it and said it. You know, she played nine players. I think all nine scored. So, uh, you know, who do you? Uh, Early in the game, Georgia was playing the matchup zone. They were trying; they were keeping the ball out. They were forcing Carolina into jump shots, which Carolina was not hitting. So that's how Georgia goes up seven. But I think Dawn goes in at halftime and, and reads the riot act to him and say, "Look, our game is inside out. Let's go play it." And when they started getting the ball into Cordoza and Kitts, and next thing you know, they're getting easy buckets. And all of a sudden, that defense starts sagging back. And there's Pow Pow and Bree Hall and Raven sitting out there wide open, just knocking. I think Pow Pow had, what, five threes? I mean, just. She kind of broke it open. Net. She's the one that probably broke it <laughs> Yeah, in, she was. In the state, you know. Yeah, I mean, so. <clears throat> I mean, the girl's shooting 50-something percent. You can't leave her wide open. I mean, come on, Georgia. You should know this, but if you're going to play that zone like that, that's you have the tendency to start sagging on the big girls when they start getting every rebound and getting the easy putback. So. And they never changed their defense in the second half. No, that's what they surprised played me. that matchup zone the whole game. Um, and that may have kind of confused Carolina early and kind of forced them into doing some things that, it's out of the norm, but we didn't see Coach Staley calling timeouts. She let them play through it so that the next game they'll know what they're seeing and they'll know what they have to do to correct it. 
Just need Without. to be more physical yeah. <laughs> underneath just, the basket. Just, just and, get the ball inside. I think the difference this year with her is, and I, you know, I, I'm giving Coach Staley a lot of credit. Even years past, I haven't been, but she's letting you do what you want to do. Mm-hmm. You want to play defense on me? That's fine. You want to press me? That's fine. My girls hadn't been pressed a lot. They got pressed. Mm-hmm. They were down a couple points, but Dawn doesn't want to go out every game. And we want to win by leading by 30 at half. Mm-mm. And then she's got to worry about everybody saying she's running the score up if she goes down and scores a couple twos or turns it over or whatever. That's not what she wants. She wants you to outcoach her, and she knows that's not going to happen very often. So, uh, this And you want the girls to learn for when they are in close games. Like yeah. Stan said, instead of calling gonna... timeouts, you get yourself out of this. Yeah, because yeah, you know yeah. Caitlin Clark and, and LSU are still <laughs> sitting out there. Well, they're all sitting out there, and but you start looking at it, I mean – with the win <clears throat> Saturday, Carolinas just add numbers to the record book. Uh, that's 43 straight home games. So I don't think, I mean, 43 straight SEC wins. So if you're an SEC team, you might not want to play Carolina right now. You know, <laughs> and then you go back even further and it's like 55 straight home wins. So you definitely don't want to play them in CLA. And we saw <laughs> Sunday uh, again. Over 18,000 uh, max sellout for a women's basketball game. Uh, and it wasn't Caitlin Clark. It wasn't LSU. You know, it wasn't Connecticut. Of course, Connecticut was a sellout when they played. But Kelsey Plum but, was in, in the stands. Kelsey Plum was who, in the stands. Uh, Clark she ended up beating her record in Division wanting, One. Wanting to recruit <laughs> some uh, guards to come out to her guard camp. So uh, we'll probably see Raven and Bree and a few other girls going out to the guard camp uh, and work on their three-point shots, and they'll be even better next year shooting three. So, <laughs> uh, but you know, all in all, it was a, a good win, another double-digit win at home. I think that number's up to like twenty-seven now. So, another reason you don't want to play them at home. <laughs> but you know. Uh, Dawn alluded to it earlier. The schedule is not a very favorable, if you can call it that, with that many wins. And 20, you hit 25 in a row now. But they're coming up on their meet of the schedule again. You know, they've got Tennessee in another week again. And, you know, you got, I think they got to go on the road to Ole Miss. I mean, it's, um, she alluded to the fact that, uh, SEC needed to do something about the way they're scheduling games. It's going to be big. But, so, you know, you made say, a mention of another fact. Dawn's got a big big win total coming up yeah, here. Number yeah, she's got number 600 coming up yeah. with the next one. So, she's at 599. So, and we all know they already got the statue put together and they got to get it bronzed and all that and then they'll <laughs> get it set. So, um, college game day showed us that the other day. So, and it's well deserved. I mean, she's won 400 over. I think she's up to like 460 or 470 at mm-hmm. Carolina with only like 102 losses. So, uh, does the statue yeah. go next to Asia, or is it going? Uh, they'll probably <laughs> have, they'll have a few feet apart. They'll probably put her in another entrance somewhere. And, because you still got to save room because you're going to have some more that they're going to have yeah, to be they had put Boston up probably. Yeah, in the yeah. Uh, if, if Full Wiley keeps playing like she's doing and um, John, uh, Watkins keeps playing like she's doing, 
uh, I mean, these are freshmen and sophomores, so you got those girls for a couple, couple more years. years. So, <laughs> uh, there may be a few more statues going up. All right. Uh, well, let's take a look at what the men had happened. Uh, did oh. not go quite the way that they were hoping um, <laughs> as well. Coming off a 40-point loss uh, at Auburn, and you're back at CLA. You got a crowd out there to go along with it. Um, and then suddenly you have your your first losing streak of the season. That ends yep. up happening. Two yep. in a row yep. to go along with it. But you were up by six, 16. 16 at one point. Yep. Um but you know, in this they, game, I, I just, like I mentioned to y'all off there, it looked like to me down the stretch, we got tired. And it and that just comes from playing, what, we're at game 25 or so now, 26. And you hadn't had that week off to to get your legs back under you to, to rest. And uh, uh, that's this week, praise the Lord. We, <laughs> we got it this week, and... So then you got a couple of weeks, I think two more weeks of regular season, and then you go to the tournament. So this may have come at a, a great time for us. Now, is it going to hurt us in the rankings? Yeah, we're going to drop down, probably drop out of the top 20. And he's probably going to be down there around 24, 25. He might even get knocked out of the 25. Who knows? But that can be good, too. You know, Lamont can say, well, see, guys, they disrespecting you again. Now you've got a rested team going forward. So, yeah. The one thing I did like about the game was in the last, what, 47, 48 seconds or so, mm. I mean, Carolina matched them point for point, point basket point. for yeah. basket. It ended up being a one-point game. And it did, and it's just lucky they got the last shot off. And uh, Carolina got one off, but it you know, didn't go anywhere. So it's just uh, – Clemson has played that way, and now Carolina's done it, and I don't think any neither team likes losing games like that. Those games are harder to get out of your system. Um, but I am glad that we do have this week off to get those two games flushed out of our system. Gives them a chance. To and I don't, you know, I don't know that we're going to drop out. I'm going because I'm going to tell you why. I mean, you base everything on teams playing with you anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kentucky going to Auburn and just knocking them in the face they, hurts they them. It's bad them. too, and yeah. it just it kind of shows that you know what it can happen. But uh, I just think that it was a bad loss because this team's a bad team. LSU. Let's just say what it is. I mean, what are they? Twelve and twelve, something like, yeah, that. like that. I mean, they're right at five hundred team, and you're as good as you are, and you're at home. You, you got a whole home court, and I know Lamont was. I, I heard his press conference this week, so I know he was disappointed in it. And you same guys are stepping up. BJ Mack, you know, CMB's CMB is starting to put the same kind of emotion in fans at Carolina that some of these girls are doing as freshmen. Um, he's really long. The problem I've seen in the last two weeks is we're not physical. It's like we don't have that guy inside to bang. They don't mind banging him because he's seven five, and they don't mind going inside and hitting him like that. But they don't want to get physical with him on both sides of the. You, you know, you either going to play yeah. offense and you're, or you're going to play defense. You know, when you're playing against a guy that big, you got to choose which one you want. And I'd rather him play defense. But uh, like I said, CMB's going to do what he does. BJ Max been in, in, very impressive this year for the Gamecocks. Want to see our little. Finish guy, get him some yeah. some minutes. You you could ski or whatever his name is, and um, all in all, it, it was a bad loss. Like I said, when you're up that big, you expect to hold on. And they brought up a stat 
after the game about B.J. Mack, and I think it was like 6-12 to 12 or something. When he's the leading scorer, Carolina loses. They've only won six of the one times he's done. They've lost eleven or twelve times yeah. that he, you know other times that he has. So I, I mean, that stat to me, it, 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 the stats is weird. Johnson. Well, he didn't score at all. I know, but what I'm saying is, I I was the one when I went down and looked at it. That's what I told you the other day. In games that Michi Johnson's been leading the team in scoring, we're awful. We are awful when he leads that team in scoring. Mm-hmm. Now, when he's doing his assist and everything like that, like over the last month, month and a half. This is a good basketball team when he knows his role. Um, the thing I like about Mac is Mac. They asked, I like Coach asked another day, he said, You'd rather have a rebound or a point? I want a rebound. I want a block too. <laughs> so, I mean, you can tell he wants to play defense first and foremost. But like I said, Meachie's going to get hot. He, he's not that bad of a shooter. He's going to stay cold all the time. But he was the one I was just really, just, when I saw the stat that we were that bad with him leading the team and scoring for the games. I'd almost play big games in the SEC. I'd just sit them on the bench just to start with. Man, you sit right here by me for a minute. Let us get the points we need. Let's get the big lead and win this game. So well, and that's the one thing I think. Um, we're starting to see a, a Josh Gray starting to, to develop more and more as a big guy inside. Uh, you look at what his body looked like last year and what it looks like this year. The kid's been in the weight room. And he's getting better and better. And at 7-2, that's that inside presence that you're going to need. And I'd like to see that starting lineup with Josh Gray at, in the middle and then Colin at one forward. And B.J., I know he likes to play in the middle, but let's put him at that power forward spot at 6-8. And you've got three and tell them, look, go get the rebound first. Your, your points will come, and they will. And that leaves you, you know, you got Michi and Studi and some of these other guys that you put them in. You can rotate them around. But I would like to see Josh Gray, and his minutes are growing. Now, I was a little disappointed in the game Saturday that they didn't put him in the game later and uh, try to disrupt a little bit and maybe get a few rebounds. But, yeah, we got a couple uh, guys. Studio's got to step up to the plate. He's got to really. Gotta start he's got to get his game to where threes. he's actually shooting some. And I don't mean threes. I mean high percentage threes. I don't mean just if you yeah. see your girlfriend right over here in the corner, you go shoot by her. I mean shoot a legitimate shot. You got a three at. Yeah. Zachary Davis is the other kid. I mean he's. We well, waited. And, for, and Davis has had some had some games and he's had some moments, but he hadn't played really as consistent as I would like to see him play. But all in all, I mean, we're we're hitting a good little time that, that we need to break to kind of heal some little injuries we got, and maybe our mindset refocus the mindset as the coaches yep. will do. And and uh, like I said, it's, it comes at a good time because we well, need. Well, I think break. we got to get our legs back under us because if your legs go, y'all know if your legs go, the shot goes, and we're just we we look leg tired Saturday. I mean, we were just slow, and I think you know. Lamont probably gave him a day off. Just go rest, guys. We'll take care of it, and we'll come out. And don't even think about basketball. Just relax, enjoy your time off, get together as a team, and just have some fun, play some video games or whatever, and and come back ready to go to practice. Yeah, reset. 
Right. Yeah. Nine and four in the SEC, twenty-one to five overall. To get a week off, get to take on Ole Miss next Saturday at Ole Miss, which mm. is a tough place to play. <laughs> so we'll see going forward. All right, looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. Another one-point loss that happened in the state uh, up there at Little John Coliseum. Another team that was up by sixteen yep. in the second half um, ends up. Falling 78-77, the Tigers do, uh, you know, over a, uh, you know, a, a team that they probably shouldn't have lost to, and that being the Wolfpack of NC State. I mean, it, it, again, uh, a team that you should beat, and especially on your home floor. Uh, now, I didn't get to see much of that. I don't remember if the fans were, if it was a it was packed, out, it was a packed know, house, and um, it should have been as well as. It should have been, and uh, those are the games you've. And we talked about it when they were going through this streak earlier. That those are the type of games that you've got to find a way to win them. I mean, you you can't keep having one point last second losses and expect a committee to say, okay, well we're gonna put you at a five seed. You know, you're gonna you're gonna be down there in the next four in, last four out pretty soon if you keep doing that. And then I'm talking about both teams. Yeah. You keep doing stuff like that. You may be you may have some quad ones and quad twos right now and ranked real high, but it don't take but two or three of those kind of losses here down the stretch. These next four to six games are you know, you need to be going four and two. Yeah. You don't need to be going the stat that for me is is they had 11 turnovers, Clemson did. NC State forced 11. Six of those were in the last four minutes to go along with it. That's that's a huge and stat that, in order that, for them to come back. And that may come from being starting to get a little leg tired. Do you need that week off to rest the legs and rest the minds? Because uh, both teams are playing the same type of defense. You know, get after it, hustle play hard, and and that takes a lot of energy out of you on the defensive side. Uh, But usually defense turns into easy baskets on the other end, which and that's we've seen both teams do that. But here lately, those easy shots that they were hitting earlier, some kind of way they run around the rim four (laughs) or five times and falling out instead of running around the rim four or five times and falling in. Yeah, Brennell made mention of it, too, in the postgame, that he was a little worried about the wear and tear now that's going on with P.J. Hall and Shefflin, and those two players in particular. Um, you've got to have some of the others start stepping up, like Watkins yep. and and uh, maybe a few other big guys as well to go along with that. Because you can't just – I mean, those guys are good, but you've got you've to give them a break somewhere. I mean, you know, Godfrey's been playing good pretty much the whole year. I mean, he's a guy that I would say get some more minutes. He had what ten point? Yeah, ten points and six rebounds the other day. He's a guy. No, Shepard's the workhorse. So I mean, I know you want somebody to step into that role, but he's not going to give it up. Shepard wants the rebounds. He wants the points. He's not going to give that up to somebody that Brownell says go find, take it minutes. He's not going to let him take the minutes, coach. But uh, at least there's another. These are two teams that are they're they're like mirrors. I yeah. mean. I'm looking at the stand right there at that window. I'm like, it's like mirror images teams. I mean, both are going to be tournament teams for the most part. If you do what you're supposed to, hold, serve, and, and just don't screw it up down the stretch. But both of them have a really good record right now. Um, Clemson's three games from 20 wins. Mm-hmm. I didn't see that this year. I didn't see Carolina at 20 wins this year. So, I mean, you take the good with the bad. 
it's been all in all a good year from Brownell. He just can't win his fans back, and that's what I feel bad about. Yeah, he just can't do enough to win those B Rads and the other Clemson fans. Are just but uh, he's he's making new fans out of the process of all this. We've seen we've seen the stands all of a sudden this yeah. year in the last two years start to fill up, and now I mean every home game seems to be sold out. I think yeah, I think you have to. I mean, like I said, man, this is a coach that even as a game guy, I like Brad Brownell. I, I'll just tell you, he's a guy that I'd pull for. Um, and and he goes out and he knows how to recruit. But he, he's never once swayed from the player he wants on his team to go get that big star like a Gigi Jackson. He's never once weighed off of that. He says, no, I got what I want and how I want to win it, and that's how we're going to do it. And if we lose, it's on me. He's going to take, take the criticism for everything. And a lot of times, Coach, that's what, that's what gets you some of your fans – and I think a lot of the criticism with P.J. Hall was the fact that he didn't play him as much as his first two years there. First two years, yeah. You know, and it was a developmental process, get him used to it, get him in, learn the system, that oh. type of a thing. So, you never know. Yeah. All right. Anything else we need to talk about, guys? That's it, buddy. All right. All right. That's going to do it. Another one in the books. We'll be back on Thursday. Enjoy the games. Good luck to all the Lakelands basketball teams. Greenwood Christian, uh, McCormick. Cambridge. Cambridge. Uh, Hopefully we'll come back and we'll be in the championship games for this coming weekend. Till then, that's Stan Spivey, Chris Cox. I'm Tom Carroll. We are the Lakeland Sports Guys. Enjoy the week.